his favor but the grace of God teaches us to deny ungodliness in this present world not only is it his favor and his goodness but it is a teacher that directs us amen and guides us it's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning and see everybody we welcome you it's good to have Noel here Noel a number how many years ago Noel was it I don't know it was quite a few years ago they came on a Christmas night <laughs> and uh, he brought his family and was here for a number of number of years before moving up to the uh, Bay Area. And as soon as you're ready to come home, this is home, so it's all good. But it's, <laughs> I'm kidding, but it's good to see him. Let's give him a hand clap of appreciation. Thanks for stopping in, Noel. Amen. Praise God. We, uh, we pray for you and your family. Amen. Praise God. God is good to us. Amen. Good to be in the house of the Lord today. This is the Lord's day. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm glad today. Amen. Praise God. And Sister Heike came to me very glad. And she said to me, I just want to give a praise report. She said, I'm a, a, a single, single grandma. And uh, sometimes there's not much of a safety net for, for women who find themselves by themselves and then trying to take care of situations. And so she's had a, they've, they've shared a car and uh, she had a car that broke down in the driveway. It's been sitting there for three and a half years. And Eddie and Dallin took a full Saturday and had her order the parts and dug into it. Now it's running, it's working. And so she said, I just want to say thanks to the people of the church that awesome, praise God, amen. So. We need to give a good hand clap to Eddie and Dallin for doing good work of the Lord. That's awesome. Praise God. Amen. Now, don't go running to them and say, hey, I've got a car that needs fixed. That's, that's not the reason. <laughs> that's not why I'm saying this. I'm just saying this because when people, that's called the work of, that's, that's ministry. In case you were wondering what that is, that's ministry. That's saying, you know what, I'm going to sacrifice a little of my time and help somebody else. Amen. And it's a great, great blessing. Praise God. And so we have. We appreciate that. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 119, verse number 105. Psalm 119, verse 105. This is a short passage, very, very powerful, great passage to commit to uh, learning. And so we'll start with that this morning. Psalm 119, verse 105. By the way, if you look through Psalm 119, many of you know this, some of you don't. But if you don't, this, the entire psalm is is organized based upon the Hebrew alphabet. So if you look at uh, the first part of it, you'll see an olive and then a bait, and then it just follows that way all the way. So it's basically, in the English version, would be going from A to Z, and it would be taking a certain amount of verses and saying A, and then it would give 10 verses or whatever, and then B, and it would go all the way through. And that was a learning mnemonic so that the children of Israel could associate that with the alphabet and memorize the verses. And so in the middle of that, Psalm 105, it's also the longest chapter in the Bible. And it is also a chapter in which every single verse has to do with the word of the Lord. So it could be the statutes, could be the judgments, uh, could be his word. It's an entire thing that is built around the word of God. So verse number 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And for a few moments here this morning, I want to talk to you about the crust of self. And that comes from a, uh, a poem by C.S. Lewis that we'll 
introduced to you in the introduction, the crest of self. Amen. Lord, we thank you and praise you for your goodness today. We ask that you would direct us, everybody in the house of God, both here in this place and outside of it. We want your will to be done. We give to you thanks, and we ask these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Can be seated. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word of God is there to bring strength to us, to direct us, and to guide us. And the psalmist in this passage of scripture goes to great length going through the entire Hebrew alphabet to make sure that that is an established fact. And we should take that example and that illustration and we should apply it to our own lives because the word of God is what is going to provide stability in a very unstable world. It is a lamp unto my feet and it's a light unto my path. When darkness sets in and I'm not sure which direction to go, there is a word of God that is going to be a lamp that leads me. Amen. It's going to be a light that directs me. Praise God. And so the word of God has the ability to do a penetrating work. It has to do a, a it has the ability to do a work that fashions and molds and shapes and everything about who we are. And so it's very, very important. And we as humanity, sometimes if we're not careful, we have a way of, of shrouding ourselves, encasing things around ourselves, becoming dis distracted with things in the world. So our focus is not as razor sharp as it should be. I will say this, you need to have a razor sharp, laser-like focus and a sensitivity to the Holy Ghost in the day and age that you live in. Praise God. We need to be on fire for God. We need to have moves of God and we need it operating in our life on a daily basis. Amen. If you don't have those things in your life, you're going to struggle. You're going to have difficulties, fear and doubt and stress and anxiety and all kinds of other things are going to come and encroach upon you. But if there is a determination in your heart and life that says, I want to follow the Lord. I don't care what happens in the world. I don't care what the political landscape is. I recognize that I am operating with a kingdom that is beyond this world. Amen. I'm in it, but I'm not of it. And so I want the Holy Ghost to direct every step that I take because I live in a world of darkness, but I know where the true light's coming from. Praise God. And it's going to shine in the darkness and make a way where there seems to be no way. Anybody hearing what I'm saying to you today, there is an author and a finisher of your faith that encompasses the alpha and the omega the beginning and the ending everything that you need is in the house of God today the government won't provide for you the state won't provide for you no other industry can provide for you but we're in the house of God today because we know that he's Jehovah Jireh he's the one that brings provisions to me if you need peace in this place today there is a God of peace if you need truth in the house of God today there is truth hallelujah clap your hands and let's thank the Lord together I feel the anointing of God in this place. I'll be very, very honest with you. Until that point, I felt terrible. I felt like a piece of gum on the bottom of somebody's shoe. I don't feel good at all. I got lung problems. I've got stomach problems. I got a lot of problems standing before you today. But when the anointing of God hits you, there's an encouragement that takes place. Hallelujah. And that's what I'm preaching to you this morning. We have to break through the crust of ourself. Praise God. I could have stayed home, but I'm thankful I came to the house of God today. It took me to this point to finally break breakthrough, but I'm going to leave encouraged in the Lord because I feel his anointing and his touch and his healing power. And I'm going to walk away from this place saying, I feel better now that I'm leaving than when I came because I feel the anointing of God. Praise God. 
Amen. And sometimes that takes an effort because we, we, can, we, can, we can become crusty. <laughs> That's not really a good explanation of, of humanity, but it's true sometimes. And we have to break through that. That's, that's why pre-service prayer is important. And that's why worship is important, so that I can break through the distractions and my own self, so that when the word of God is preached, there is a light that illuminates to me and brings enlightenment to me. Praise God. That's why we come to the house of God, because there's so many voices and there's so many things in our world that would pull at us to influence us. And what needs to influence us is not all of those things, but it is the word of God that we've read here today. It's a lamp unto my feet. It is a light unto my path. I was confused until the word of the Lord came to me and directed me. Praise God. So sometimes you have to break through. You have to break through the crust of self Self, everyone say self. As a matter of fact, John the Revelator in Revelation, he said in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Now, what's interesting about this passage of Scripture in Revelation chapter, 20 and ver or chapter 3 and verse 20 is that he's standing at the door and he is knocking. And he's saying, if anyone would hear my voice, I'll and open the door. I'll come to them and I will fellowship with them and there will be a, a, an opportunity in which I can, can do a work in their life. But this is not written to unbelievers. That's the fascinating part. It's not written to unbelievers. It's written to the church of Laodicea who was so distracted by all kinds of things. They, they, they had wool, they had business, they had industry, they had all this stuff. And so the Lord was coming to them and he was saying, I'm knocking at the door, but I can't penetrate through the crust of the self that you have created even in the church. My, if, if God comes to the church and knocks on the door and he doesn't get a response from us when we come to the house of God to worship, we're in serious trouble. Amen. I, when he comes and knocks, I want him to know as well as everybody else, we flung the doors wide open and we want the anointing of God. We want him to come into this place and sup with us and move among us. But they had surrounded themselves. In this case... It was a physical representation because he's talking about a door. But they were so distracted. And they had accommodated themselves to the values, the perspectives, and the dynamics of the surrounding culture. I, I want to say this emphatically. We are not swimming downstream with everybody else. I, I know there are some that, that want to do that. They want to join with whatever is happening. We're going to swim downstream with everybody else. The church has never swum downstream. It has always been an upstream thing. So when all the fish are going this way, there's some apostolics folks going the other way. Praise God. We're not going with the flow. Praise God. We're going against the tide of sin and degradation and dysfunction. We don't want to live in that. We don't want to be a part of that. But we want to preach you can come out of that. As a matter of fact, there are people in this place that can testify that God helped me out of that and gave to me liberty and freedom that I would never have accomplished had it not been for the mercy of God and the power of God and the anointing of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. This thing called living for God is not something that's easy. It's going to take work. 
and there's difficulties and there's a lot of obstacles, but I will tell you this, the rewards are greater, much, much greater than the rewards of the enemy of your soul and the world and the culture that is in the world. God can bless you. Is there anyone here this morning that has been blessed of the Lord? Hallelujah. The blessings of God can be upon you if you endure to the end. Fight the good fight of faith. Keep on moving for, forward, brother. Keep on moving forward, sister. It's not over until it's over. Don't give up. Don't walk away. But trust in the Lord that he's going to walk with you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. So C.S. Lewis in Diary of an Old Soul wrote a poem. And this line that we've taken for our title comes from a very short poem. He says it this way. With every morn, my life afresh must break. The crust of self gathered about me fresh. That thy wind spirit may rush in and shake the darkness out of me and rend the mesh. The spider devils spin out of the flesh. Eager to net the soul before it wake, that it may slumberous lie and listen to the snake. He is saying that there every day, he said every single day, there is a there is a crust of self that I've got to break through. He says it's gathered about me fresh, and the only thing that can break through the crust is the wind spirit. He calls it the wind spirit, but it's the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost that penetrates and breaks through and shakes things, shakes things. He said there's a darkness, and he said every single day there is an enemy, he calls them spider devils, that spin a cobweb around me and try to keep me within that mesh so that I can't get out of it. Have you ever walked into a cobweb? It's not a fun thing, all right? Especially if, uh, if there's other people watching you. Then it becomes really funny because they don't, know, they, they don't know what's happening. But it's a weird sensation when stuff starts wrapping around you. And C.S. Lewis, this man who was, was an atheist, who then became a defender of Christianity, writes this. And he says, every, every single day, every single day, I got to break through the crust of self. And it's not only an internal thing, but there are spider devils that are trying to capture me in a web. And, and so I got to get out of that mesh. And the only way to do that is through the power of the Holy Ghost. Because there is a snake. There's accuser of the brethren. There is a snake that would love to give to me a lie and waste my soul. And C.S. Lewis said, not going to happen because I'm going to break through the crust of self every single day. Listen, I don't know what you came here today with but there is an enemy that's trying to enshroud you in the mesh of spider devils but there's a holy ghost that is able to break you out of every circumstance hallelujah there's a wind spirit that is able to loose you from a slumberous lie and break through but you know what you got to do you got to put forth an effort to break out of the crust of self Praise God, you got to make an effort. The Laodiceans, as a matter of fact, Jesus said to the Laodicean church, he said, I know your works, you're neither hot nor cold. I would thou were cold or hot, so then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth because thou sayest I am rich, distraction, increase with goods, distraction. I don't have need of anything, distraction. 
and you don't know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, and blind, and naked. You are, you are enshrouded in the crust of self. Listen, I want the blessings of God. I really do. I, and I'm thankful that God blesses. And I pray, I pray every single day, Lord, let your blessings be upon everybody in the church. Provide them with things that can only be attributed to a sovereign God that brings blessing. The people of God should be a blessed people. We shouldn't be wandering around with our heads hung down saying all we get is the scraps at the table like the dogs. No, that's, that's not God's intention for us. He wants to bless us. He wants to bless you. Praise God. And so I pray that. But I, I, I want to say this, and I want it to be very true, and I want it to be loud. I don't ever want the blessing to interfere with my walk with God. I've been some places where they have had nothing but they've got a close connection with God I would rather have that and have not very much at all and know that I'm in a good place than to be so distracted with everything else that I can't even break out of my own self to give God praise and adoration that is a major problem and that's what C.S. Lewis is talking about and that's what I'm preaching here today the more that God blesses you the more you should worship him praise God the more that God blesses you the more you should magnify him Praise God. Don't hold those things to yourself. Don't let those things be a distraction. But come out and say, God, the only reason I'm blessed is because of you. And I thank you and I worship you for everything that I've got. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That takes some effort. You got to take some effort. That's, that, takes, that takes breaking through the crust of self. These people were shutting out God. God knocked on closed doors. And they were imprisoned within because of the, the in, enslavement to their own distractions. Help us in the house of God to see that that is a temptation that befalls many, many people. Amen. There's so many people that we have worked with that have absolutely nothing and they're open to God and God starts moving them in the right direction, opens doors for them. We've even tried to help some people get where they need to be. And the moment they get the blessing and the moment things start turning around and now they've got independence and there's no reliance on God anymore and they can do their own thing because now they got money in their pocket and they've got money in their hand. It becomes very, very easy. The temptation is to go back to the weak and the beggarly elements of this world. Don't do that. Say, Lord, your blessing and your goodness to me is attributed to you and you alone. Praise God. I'm going to praise you and magnify you and if you want to elevate me some more, I'll be here worshiping just as furious and just as inspired and just as zealous because I recognize where the blessing comes from. This is vitally important. If we're going to be a blessed church, we got to be a church on fire, recognizing I got to break through the crust of my own self and say, God, you're worthy and greater than anything else. So I'm going to give you praise. Hallelujah. I'm going to give you praise. Sometimes we come to the agenda or we come to the text and we have our own agenda. We want to control it as if it is something that is out there to be controlled. This is not listening for God. You are the controlling power, trying to master a body of information rather than God transforming you. And our world, our Western thinking is we enter into something and we want to control it. And, and living for God doesn't work that way. You have to open yourself and say, God, I want you to transform me. And the scripture and the word of God gives to us precedent. In Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thine soul and with all thy might, all your heart 
all of your soul. And then it's very fascinating when you look in the Hebrew language because when it ends, it ends with what they have transcribed as might. But in the Hebrew, it's all of your very. It's an adverb. It's, it's, it's just kind of hung out there. All of your very. Everything, the muchness of who you are. Everything that you have the ability to give is supposed to be wrapped up in this passage of Scripture here. And these words, which I command thee, shall be in thine heart. The Bible, the Word of God, is to confront your entire being, not just your mind, but it's supposed to encompass your heart, your soul, and you are to do it with all of your might. There is a transformation that is supposed to take place. There's a process of that transformation. It's being conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. It is not an instantaneous experience. It is gradual, and this works against the grain of our instant, instant gratification world. We want immediate returns on investment. Living for God is a process. It's gradual. He is forming you and he's shaping you. Just keep coming to church. Just keep believing in God. Just keep working here a bit and working there a little bit. And don't let the enemy try his very best to destroy the walk of God in your life. It is a process. We're in different stages of that in this place today. Don't check out of the process. God knows what you can be. Let him work on you. Let him mold you. Let him fashion you. Let him put his hands and shape you to what you need to be. Don't give up. Say, well, I don't feel like I measure up. Stop that. That's the enemy trying to distract you. Praise God. You're here today. That means something. Praise God. Keep working on it. Keep working on it. It's a gradual process. It's being conformed into his image. Not us trying to control it. Governed by a world which perceives everything out there to be controlled. We determine our self-image, our meaning, our value, our purpose by the effectiveness of how well we can control something. This is not spiritual formation. This is the crust of self. I want to control things. And then I will feel comfortable. And sometimes we try to do the same thing with God. <laughs> God, I'll, I'll serve you if. But what if God says... <laughs> I want you to serve me, but hear the ramifications of that. Can we sacrificially open up our spirit and our heart and say, okay, God, then I'm going to follow you. If that means giving up some things, I'm going to give up some things. Rather than bargaining with God. Being grasped, on the other hand, is being shaped by someone else and something else that confronts us. Graspers, people that want to control things. Graspers resist this kind of, of conformity. They are inherently incapable of yielding control. Manipulators will reject this idea completely. Frenetic activists find this very, very difficult to even understand. But if you want God to work in your life, you got to take your hands off of everything that you call you and say, God, I want you to work on me. Not me tell you what you need to do on me, but I want you to be the physician that molds and fashions me. And I need to stop for a minute. This is why the psalmist in verse 10 of chapter 46 says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Sometimes you have to stop 
and say, I, all the stuff and all the things in my life that are muddling everything up, I'm just coming to the house of God to eliminate all of that and lift my hands and break through the crust of self and say, God, you are worthy. You could find all kinds of distractions. You could have all kinds of complaints. There could be all kinds of reasons why you can't do this or that. But I'm coming to you today and, and, and asking you and preaching to you, can you, for a few moments, forget that stuff and just say, God, you're good. God, you're great. You're worthy to receive praise. All the stuff that I can line up in a list, I'm throwing it behind me for a few moments, and I just want to give you thanks. Amen. As the musicians come this morning, I've just come to give you thanks. True formation reverses our control to his. Mark chapter 8 and verse 35, Jesus said, Whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And this is an interesting dynamic when you talk about uh, controlling behavior and nature. Just about all of us have some elements of, of, of wanting to do things our own way. And then some people are plagued with, with being insecure if they're not in control. And then there's some people that's even worse than that that want to control things but don't have the ability to control things, and that makes them upset. That's terrible. <laughs> That's a terrible existence. Stop trying to control everything and say, God, I just want you to be what I need to be, and I want you to work on me. Praise God. Got a little quiet there because some of you, you want to control everything. You want to control your relationships and everybody else's relationships. How about praying for people? Stop trying to control people and just say, God, I'm putting this situation in your hands. <laughs> I'm putting it in your hands, and I know that it's in the right place if it's in your hands because I can't do it myself. I'll make a mess of it myself, but I'm going to trust you to form me. And this passage says if, if, if you want to save your life, you have to lose it. The same that loses their life shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? God confronts us at the point of our unlikeness. And he says to our unlikeness, conform to the image of Jesus Christ. When I'm not in conformity and I'm not measuring up, God pulls me. He doesn't coerce me. He doesn't beat me over the head. He doesn't drag me out of the pew. But he draws me to become more like he is. And he confronts where I am unlike him. Praise God. You could sit on a church pew and you could never in enter into what I'm talking about here today. Because that means you've got to break through self. And you have to say, God, I want you to transform me and I want you to change me. He confronts us and he awakens us. And his word is a living, penetrating, transforming word. Amen. As the singers come. John chapter 1 and verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word came forth. And the imagery that is projected is that the Word steps into our world. John in Revelation saw him as one called faithful and true as one that makes judgments. His eyes were a flame of fire. 
on his head were many crowns and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood and his name is called the word of God this word had imagery associated with it that it would step into our world that it would be living and that it would be productive there's no greater word to kind of describe what I'm just saying or what John was trying to say than Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 12 for he says the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him of whom we have to do that there is a word that penetrates and helps break through the crust of our self so that we can worship and pray because there is there's spider devils there's a snake trying to destroy and so every single day C.S. Lewis said it's a fresh every single morning I gotta break through that this is why you need a daily prayer life this is why the word of God should be incorporated into your life because every single day is a battle and breaking through the crust of self is what keeps me where I need to be as we stand together in this place today. Praise God. C.S. Lewis. With every morn, my life afresh must break. The crust of self gathered about me fresh that thy wind spirit may rush in and shake the darkness out of me and rend the mesh the spider devil spin out of the flesh you know that's another thing you don't have anything you don't have to do anything to be carnal because it's your flesh that's what he's saying you don't have to do a thing just stop praying stop coming to church and immediately you'll be well I don't think I would ever do what they did you don't know where you would end up because your flesh can take you to some very miserable places because it's carnality and by itself it's like a gravitational pull that pulls you to the very bottom you don't have to do anything but to be spiritual you, you got to break through the crust you gotta make an effort you got to make an effort eager to net the soul before it wakes that it may slumberous lie and listen to the snake. Our assignment here this morning is to, for a few moments before we leave this house, is break, break through the crust. Listen, I don't, it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter the circumstances. It doesn't matter what criticisms you may have, what complaints you may have. The long list, every single one of us could have them, and some of us do have them. Praise God. Today, we, we need to take just a moment and say, you know what? Forget all of those things and let me break through the crust of self to say, God, you're sovereign and you're worthy and you're great. Can we do that just for a few moments this morning? Could you lift up your hands and lift up your voice? Praise God and say, God, I'm, I'm, I'm here today. I, I, I dressed up. I came here to the house of God. I came here today to give you praise. I came here to worship you and magnify your name. Praise God. That's it. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost. There's the wind spirit in the house of God. I want you to know I'm thankful. I'm thankful for every blessing. I'm thankful for your goodness. I'm thankful for your truth. And I know that you're a God that is able to direct Power in your name. There is power. 
Would you step out of the pew? Let's walk to the front this morning and lift our hands. I thank you, Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. I speak your name. I speak your name. I speak your name. 